Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along Thursday afternoon. A new week of the NFL kicks off this evening and a new show with Jake Durant of Local 3. What's up, Jake? Man, not a whole lot, actually. Yeah? Yeah, you know, just hanging out. It's a good day. Got some volleyball tonight. I'm going to mm-hmm. go shoot that in Westwood and, and you know, just to get, get – I'm, I'm excited to see the Browns and Steelers tonight. The NBA's looking pretty entertaining. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm focused on that a little bit earlier than usual. So, yeah, everything's looking good. Up until you talked about the Browns and the Steelers, I could relate to zero of what you said because it's been a busy day here at ESPN UP. I've been very productive, and tonight it's all about watching sports. It's going to be football, Thursday night action. We've got some NBA, what have you, Notre Dame women's basketball playing Michigan State. I know a lot of people are going to be paying attention to that one around here. And we got a lot to dissect here in the sports pen as well. We have got our pick'em standings to update you on. We've got our picks that we're going to give you, and we've got something that's uh, going to relate to coaching. One sense it'll be who in the NFL is really on the hot seat, and on the other half, is there somebody ready to take that next step and join the elite tier of college football coaches? I've got one particular name in mind for you. I'm going to give you later on. Plus. What's happening with James Wiseman, the NBA? We're going to touch on all of it over the course of the next hour or so. I want to say a very happy birthday. I want to give a very happy birthday shout-out, though. Jake, I don't know how many years ago 1986 was. I probably should have figured that out before I took the air. But whatever that is, happy birthday to one of my favorite movies of all time. On this day in 1986, Hoosiers with Gene Hackman was released. That was that. That was 33 years ago, 33. And, and I'm not, you know, basing that off my age and then just adding a few <laughs> years. I promise you that. I did the math, actually. 33 years ago. 33 years ago. Happy 33rd birthday to the movie Hoosiers. You know, Gene Hackman spent one year at my high school. Wow, really? That's a big deal for my high school. And like 1945, he spent his sophomore year at Storm Lake High School in northwestern Iowa. So I feel like we have kind of a connection. Why not? Yeah, yeah. in a weird way, right? <laughs> it wasn't even the same building. Current high school wasn't built till '62. Hey, but you walk down the same streets as you possibly, possibly. You know, who big knows? possibly. Gene Hackman spent one year in my hometown. How about that? Anyway, he was part of Hoosiers, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Love that one. Might be my favorite basketball movie, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Space Jam. Okay, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, that's my favorite. I respect that. I respect it. <laughs> now, Hoosiers is a good... Blue Chips is a good basketball Blue Chips, movie. Yeah. okay. Glory Road. Yeah. Glory Road. How about... Uh, oh, we could do... We did a lot of this yesterday, movie talk. Oh, Let's you? jump into some picks, because otherwise we're going to get on a tangent. <laughs> we did too much of that yesterday. So, the standings. I'm at 33 and 17, 10 weeks in. Ryan Stieg is 31 and 19. You're 30 and 20. John Michael Hoefling and Tyree Smith are 28 and 22. So here are the games we're picking this week, beginning tonight with the Steelers taking on the Browns in Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland. Really? I feel like, I don't know why I'm picking Cleveland, to be honest with you. It is in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're in for you know a game where they just start clicking a little bit offensively. I think Baker will be able, I know, I know the Steelers defense is playing lights out, but um, you know it's Thursday night football, weird things happen, they're at home. I'm just thinking they're in... It, 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 they're due for a decent performance. I think it'll be close, but I think, you know, I just I look at that talent they have on the roster, and it's like at some point this has to pan out a little bit. So I'm going to go Cleveland. I'm going to take the home team. I, I can't agree with you. Pittsburgh is just playing that well. Like you said, the defense is scary right now. Where do you think Devin Bush would rank in the rookie of the year, at least on defense talk? I think he's right up there. It absolutely has to be up there. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been playing lights out. Obviously, he went to the University of Michigan. Um, I knew he was going to to pan out at at the professional level because he's just a speed guy. You know, he's not the biggest guy, uh, you know, physical wise. But um, just watching him at Michigan, you knew he can get side to side. Really good instincts. You know, he had the family lineage uh, and things like that. So you know, it's no surprise to me that he's he's been playing like he has, and and that's why Pittsburgh traded up to get him. He, he's a perfect fit there in Pittsburgh, and and you know, anytime I can see a Wolverine going to the NFL and make a big difference. You know, I'm happy for him. So Jake and I are split on tonight's Thursday night football game. How about the two games on ESPN-UP here on Sunday? The early game, we go to the AFC South, Jacksonville at Indianapolis. This one's tough. That is a toughie. This one's tough. Um, Nick Foles is back, and Indy is coming off one of the worst losses in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. This one's tough, man. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Indy. 
Are you? Yeah, I'm okay. just gonna I'm just gonna go indie just just because. I should say indie, and that's what Jacksonville gets for benching Gardner Minshew. But Nick Foles coming back. I mean, he's pretty darn good himself. Mm-hmm. He is, and this is a game that might come down to one or two points. Adam Vinatieri is like twenty five percent when kicking a field goal with his team within three points or something like that this year. Josh Lambeau, by comparison, has revived his career. I, I think kicking in special teams very well could be what this game comes down to. I'm going to take the Jags in this one. How about a rematch of Super Bowl 52, the late game here in ESPN-UP? We've got the Patriots on the road taking on the Eagles. Speaking of Nick Foles. Oh, man. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Philly in this one. Really? I'm going to go Philly. I'm, I, I've, I've learned to never bet against the New England Patriots, but I feel like i got to make some ground up this week. I'm already, you know, already, I, I feel like you're going to pick the Patriots, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Philly. Uh, no reason whatsoever, just because I'm just going to choose them and hope they win. If you want to get out of the hole, then you got to take away your own shovel. Exactly. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Patriots receiving attack is just going to torch the, the, uh, the Philadelphia secondary. I'm starting Mohamed Sanu, Julian Edelman, and company in every league I've got them. I, it, it really could be ugly. It could it be. really good. Let's hope not. <laughs> All right. Jake is going to stick with the Eagles. Sunday night football. We've got the Bears taking on the Rams in L.A. I got to go. I got to go with L.A. I know they've yeah. been underperforming, but it's it's just that Bears offense is just so bad. Yep. And on the road in L.A., I, I got to go with the Rams. I mean, you still got. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey going up against Mitch Trubisky. Right. I mean, and they're at home. Yeah, I think you got to go with mm-hmm. L.A. in this one. Uh, Monday Night Football, we've got a fun one in Mexico City, Chiefs and Chargers. Is this one actually going to happen? I hope it does. I hope so, too. Um, i got to go Chiefs. Got to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I will as well. I, um, I just better, better roster. Right. I mean, the upside is just there, although if, uh, if uh, L.A. can get Eckler... And Gordon going, they can establish a ground game like Derrick Henry did. That is the obvious weak spot for Kansas City. But I do hope that game actually gets played. Right. Mexico City football. The NFL has had some trouble not playing in the United States yeah. other than England. You know, there's. I hope they've checked the field. I mm-hmm. hope the field conditions are well. I hope, you know, everything's set and, and they know there's no hole in the middle of the end zones or nope. anything like that. So let's hope that's that's the case. I was not happy about the NFL going to Canada. They already have their own league. They don't care. And we stick them with a preseason game and with terrible field conditions. I, I really just never liked the whole London games. I really haven't. I do kind of like it in Mexico, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. You know, um, would we ever see a team down in Mexico? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but anytime, obviously, the NFL is looking for expansion, and and um, it's a good gauge to see what, what the people down there like and, and don't like. So I just kind of wonder if it can catch on down there like it has in America and really nowhere else. I mean, it's kind of kind of a thing in England. It's a big deal whenever we go there, but it's never going to catch on like it has here. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Canadian Football League, I think, helps promote the sport a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, you know, Canadians do pay attention, obviously, to to pro football here in the United States. But, yeah, I mean, do do Mexican people really even care? I mean, soccer is obviously huge. Right, and that's got to be king. Right. I mean, you don't don't see a lot of great Mexican players coming into the league to, to stir some interest. Um, so int- it, it'll be interesting to see. I tell you what, though, it does encourage me that something might get established in Mexico as far as an NFL connection because the Canadians, you know, football caught on there, and they have their own league, which they're passionate about, but hockey's always going to be king up there, yet football has a really good established tradition and culture up there, and you make it, it makes you wonder, could that happen somewhere else, say, Mexico, mm-hmm. if we ever get a game played there? Right. I hope Monday works out, and I would have liked to seen Witten take over Mexico more than I would like to see Tessator and Booger. Right. I mean, if you're getting your pick of guys to party with, who are you picking out of that group? You're picking Witten. Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah. No. I would, th- I would think Booger, maybe. You think Booger? Maybe. I don't know. Seems like he could get a little crazy. I don't know. I don't see Booger as a party animal. No? Maybe not. I, can- I see it, man. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's just the name. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. A new week of NFL football. Hey, uh, this is the first time we're having you on since everybody has at least one loss. What would you think of the Monday night game? 
Man, that was everything I could want, mm-hmm. and then some. Um, I was actually rooting for for Seattle to come through and and win that game. Um, you know, the 49ers are a scary team, mm-hmm. uh, and I always and I've said it many many times before. I didn't think they really played anyone earlier on in the season, and I think it's going to come down to to Jimmy G. Obviously, they didn't have George Kittle. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders went down, so Jimmy didn't have a lot of his weapons, but he should have thrown three picks yeah. at least mm-hmm. um and he's shown he could be a turnover machine so um it's going to really come down to obviously them staying healthy um the performance of jimmy g is going to go a long way but that defense is scary richard sherman's looking like he's back to his form um leading that secondary um and then you get, you know give it up to seattle i mean russell wilson is he's a beast he did everything he had to do and it was just a good game um you know it's good to see those two teams again um, flourishing and, and obviously I don't think Seattle really went anywhere. They had a little bit where the Legion of Boom kind of died off and mm-hmm. they had to kind of regroup and I think San Fran kind of went through a transition phase but it's just good to see those rivals coming together and that was one of the better games obviously I've seen all season and um, I thought it was a really good game. Yeah, I think it was played well on both sides and and obviously went into overtime, and, and that that must have just been a terrible feeling for. I don't remember the San Francisco 49ers kicker who was just called up, yeah, uh, who just called up playing in his first game and and having to go through that. Obviously, it looked like the the moment was too big for him the, the way he shanked it. Um, so that's that's unfortunate, but um, yeah, I hope to see games like that more often. If Robbie Gould was playing in that game, the Niners might be undefeated. Yes. I still don't know that I would think they're the favorite in the NFC. I really don't, because at some point, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, I do believe that if you're going to make a run to the Super Bowl, nine times out of ten, maybe even more than that, you need to be led by your quarterback. And the Niners just aren't. They kind of carry their quarterback rather than the other way around. That's why I feel like Minnesota, as good of a team as they are, isn't a Super Bowl team, because at some point, Kirk Cousins just isn't going to be able to take his game to another level. That's why I think the playoffs, you know, as far as being a Super Bowl, the playoffs are going to going to show us who's for real in the NFC. That's why I believe that the best or most logical NFC championship teams would have to be Seattle, uh, Green Bay, and I'm missing one. Who am I missing? Uh, Saints. New Orleans, that's yep. it. They yeah, have two I mean, of them. They yeah. even three quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I, and I have to agree. You know, it, you, when we talk about the Minnesota Vikings, that you know, it always comes down for me. It's like Kirk Cousins is gonna is gonna mess up at some point. I'm mm-hmm. um, in a in a really big moment, and um, I felt the same way with Jimmy. You know, I, I knew he was. You know, he can look really good, but um, it's kind of similar with Dak. He has a great defense around him, really good run game. He has all the weapons he can have, and he's still at some point going to, um, you know make a bad throw he just seems to you know sometimes just lose his accuracy altogether so um i do agree and, and it's been like that i mean when it boils down to it if you have a an all-pro quarterback your chances are, are a lot better because at some point you're gonna have to make rely on your quarterback to make the plays especially when you start playing in those tight games and um i thought that game could have been a lot worse against seattle like i said i, th- I felt like i feel like seattle had a lot of dropped interception opportunities and things like that so um at some point, I feel like Jimmy G is going to Jimmy G, and I think the game against Green Bay uh, coming up in two weeks here is going to is going to really show us a lot in the NFC, obviously. So um, it's going to be huge, and um, I'm excited to see it. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, whose seat is getting hot in the NFL? We'll tell you who should be watching their job security and keeping track of that and who shouldn't be next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Whose seat actually is getting hot in the NFL? Well, we're 10 weeks in, and we have one head coaching vacancy. One coach has already seen his tenure come to an end with his current team. So who could be next? Who might be the next coach who is out the door? There's a lot of speculation that it could happen as early as tomorrow with Freddie Kitchens and the Cleveland Browns because there's a stat of the day that's pretty pertinent to what's going on tonight with Thursday Night Football. The last six Browns coaches have all been fired after losing to the Steelers. Their last game as a Browns head coach was a loss to the Steelers. Six straight coaches have gone through that with Cleveland. Could Freddie Kitchens be the seventh? The answer is a hard no. Freddie Kitchens will not be fired as a result of tonight's game. No matter what happens, 
he will not be fired during the regular season. Because how bad does that look for general manager John Dorsey firing two coaches midseason in consecutive years? Freddie might be gone after the season, but it won't happen tomorrow and it won't happen midseason. Just won't. No. And, um, you know, when I look at these coaching hot seats and, and things like that, you got to look at the teams who have, you know, who've had expectations coming into the season that aren't obviously living up to those expectations. So um, Freddie Kitchens is definitely one that I could see happening you know you hear the rumblings and things like that obviously with all that talent he really hasn't been able to you know kind of corral it and really put these players in positions to succeed so um yeah i mean when you talk about john dorsey obviously this is a guy who who likes to to make some pretty dramatic moves and um you know he's a, he's a really big personality and things like that um so you know his ego's on the line a little bit i feel like he has a little bit of an ego and and yeah i mean it's it, it will look bad um Obviously, the Browns aren't living up to those expectations or anything like that, but um, I obviously think the Browns are going to win tonight, so we won't have to worry about it. But um, I definitely do think that the Browns need to make a change because coming into the season, what were the two biggest question marks with this team? is the coach and it was the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And both of those things are definitely coming to the forefront and really hurting this team um, and things like that. So um, I agree with you. I don't think we'll see Freddie Kitchens being fired during the season, but I do think it's inevitable that he's not going to be around that much longer. When Black Monday comes around, then Freddie very well, his hot seat may explode, I should say. On the other side, you've got Mike Tomlin, who's in a weird spot. The Steelers have turned it around. With Mason Rudolph, they're winning, and they're suddenly right back in playoff position. Now, he's in a spot where, with a win tonight, it could propel him to a potential playoff run, and maybe he gets coach of the year for what he's done. Without Ben Roethlisberger turning the season around, he can make himself a serious coach of the year candidate. If they lose tonight, then they're maybe out of playoff positioning, depending how the rest of the weekend goes. And then people are talking about, will Mike Tomlin retain his job? Tonight's game is very pivotal for Mike Tomlin. I don't know that it should be. I don't think he should fire Mike Tomlin, especially with what he's done so far. How about this? He's 15-10 and 10 all-time without Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's found ways to win with multiple guys. He doesn't just need a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's winning with Mason Rudolph right now. He's always had winning records with the Steelers. I just don't think they should let him go. I do get the feeling that tonight is pivotal in the sense that we're going to learn a lot as far as what Mike Tomlin's future holds in Pittsburgh. Right. I mean, I'm under the impression that I think he he's safe just because of the unexpected success that they've had since Roethlisberger went down because when he went down, things were looking really grim. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they made the move getting Minka Fitzpatrick over. I think he really put some juice in that defense. Obviously, he's... He's playing out of his mind right now. I don't. I don't know if if it was the Dolphins holding him back or is he's just having like this really good run. You know, he's in a new situation. Um, obviously, down in Miami, there was nothing to look forward to other mm-hmm. than the nice weather. Um, but when you talk of football sense, you know, he got to get out of there. He didn't even come into a great situation in Pittsburgh. But mm-hmm. um, I just think the new new setting and things like that, he's really flourishing. I remember Nick Saban saying he was one of the best players he's ever been around. Um, and, he, and obviously Nick Saban has coached a lot of great players. So um, I don't think even with a loss tonight, Tomlin's job isn't really in jeopardy just because I feel like they're already exceeding expectations. Um, he's got the defense playing really well. You know, if Ben comes back, et cetera, you know, the defense is there. I think the offense will turn around. They need to get another weapon um, and, and really beef up, you know, you know, get some weapons around because Juju, he's he's a good wide receiver. Let's let's I'll give him that. But he hasn't really had a great, great season. No, you know, he's he, you know, he, he's been locked down as the number one. I um, mean, they just really haven't had like a number two guy. So um, if, if I'm the ownership in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm sitting right now. I, I know, you know, in my eyes. I don't think they're going to go on a Super Bowl run or anything like that. Obviously, with Mason Rudolph, but but you gotta you gotta like what Tomlin has been able to do with what he's been um, given. Um, you know, obviously with the starting quarterback going down and things like that, I, I think he's doing a fantastic job. And when I think of the Steelers, I think of Mike Tomlin. You know, he he's really has that the culture there, and and he really embodies what the Pittsburgh Steelers are all about. So um, I think just with the job he's done in the last few weeks here, I think he saved his job. Um, and I don't think his his seat is really that hot. I I wouldn't, from Pittsburgh, I I wouldn't want to see him go. I said this to my father last night. We were talking a little football. We were talking some coaching possibilities. The guy that Cleveland should be looking at, assuming Freddie Kitchens doesn't come back next year, everyone says Lincoln Riley pair him back up with Baker Mayfield. 
I think they should get Mike Leach from Washington State. Mm. I mean, that guy with what he's done in pro-style air raid offenses, the way he's developed quarterbacks, he's never really had a running game, maybe because he's never been able to recruit running backs because they want more than five touches a game. Mm. He's got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt to work with. The air raid where it's a strength, he's got Baker, who's proven that he can play in the NFL. He's won a Heisman Trophy, runner-up in Rookie of the Year voting. And he's got Odell Beckham, David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, and the like to work with. I think Mike Leach would be a really good NFL coach, and I think he would be a good fit with Baker and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I don't know if that's actually trending, if that's a rumor or possibility. But that's what I would do if I'm John Dorsey. I'm getting Mike Leach on the phone. My hey, you can have Mike Leach. He's a he's a big personality. He could, you know, he can definitely demand a locker room and things like that. Um, like you said, he's he's really good offensive. He's a good offensive mind. Um, you know, he's been a head coach, a successful head coach at the collegiate level. Um, it really just comes down to going back to John Dorsey, getting an offensive line and making Baker Mayfield comfortable so he can he can actually be the quarterback that, that I think he can be, and that's a very successful quarterback in the NFL. If they can work on that offensive line, um, you know, if Mike Leach wanted to come over, really get that offense going, get some, put some juice in it and get creative with it, um, I think he's a better offensive mind, obviously, than Freddie Kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that could be a good pairing, but no coach is going to come in there if you can't protect Baker Mayfield and no. be successful. I think that's the number one thing. Um, you know, Baker has definitely regressed after having a really good rookie year. I just think you need to protect him, and um, you know, I think that's the thing. I think it, it comes down to, to Baker's. You know, Odell's open. You know, there's place to be made, but he's just so jumpy and, and he you know the clock in his head's going off way too soon and he's he's trying to rush and, and he's making mistakes so um i think mike leach I, I was saying mike mccarthy would be a guy that could come in and, mm-hmm. and be be a decent coach just because you know he's been successful as a super bowl super bowl winning head coach um he's done it before and and, and with all that type of type of talent i felt like you need a guy in there that's a veteran head coach that has done it before knows what it takes to win and um you know who knows? Who knows what Mike? I don't know what Mike McCarthy's doing right now. Actually, the last time I heard about him, he was getting kicked out of his his kids' <laughs> basketball game. So maybe he's just off his rocker right now. I don't know. I'm hoping he's studying and and really trying to revolutionize you know his game plan and things like that. But um, definitely need someone in there that that's a proven guy that can demand respect. I think Mike Leach is that is a guy that could come in and just because of his personality and things like that, I think he would be able to lead a team like the Cleveland Browns. Well, and think of the PR that you would get from having Mike Leach. I mean, he's such a lovable guy no one cares what washington state's record is every year and they're not having a very good year this year last year they were a game away from potentially winning the pac-12 this year they're four and five but nobody cares because it's mike leach and he's going to be a great soundbite all the time it'd be a pr's dream to get him to cleveland yeah i mean if to have Mike Leach there, you obviously have Baker. Every time he steps in front of the microphone, everyone's like, "What is this guy going to say?" Mm-hmm. This, his coach will be able to outshine him and things like that. It would be a, it would be a circus, man. It'd be a circus. It'd be chaos. But um, that might be what they need. Who knows? I tell you what. You talked about Mike McCarthy. How much do you think the Jets regret giving the job to Adam Gase rather than McCarthy? Like if they had a do over. Right. I mean, yeah. You can look at it now and say say that. I'm surprised they're they're even saying that Adam Gay still is going to have a job. They're guaranteeing mm-hmm. him a job because he really didn't even do anything prior to coming to no. to New York. I mean, he didn't really do great there in Miami. Obviously, that team struggled. So I, it was obviously a, a weird hire to begin with. He came to the press conference looking like he was on, on drugs. <laughs> um, you he's know, on something. He, he, he's just a, just a weird guy. He's a weird guy, but um, I got to give him a little bit of leeway because he was dealing with injuries. Sam Darnold went down, so when when a, when a coach loses players and and you know the injury bug is just you know knocking players out and they don't really have their full their full squad, I I, I tend to say okay, well he was dealing with a lot of injuries, especially when a quarterback goes down. You give him some leeway, but I mean for New York, they they pretty much have to give him at least one more year. You know, they, he didn't really get a good go at it. I don't think he's going to be successful, but um, obviously if, if looking back, yeah, maybe Mike McCarthy, you know, fresh off his time in Green Bay would have been a better a better choice there. How about on the other side of New York? you think Pat Shermer is anything to worry about? I think, I mean, I think they're trending in the right direction. I feel like I, feel like I have a better outlook with the Giants than I do with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to give them a little bit of time. you got to give Daniel Jones a little bit of time. 
um, and and just see where they're at. I feel like they're still kind of in a rebuild mode. I think I think he has a little bit of time left. I hope he has a little more time left because he's never really gotten a fair shot. He's proven that he can work with young quarterbacks and bring them along. They have their bye week this week, and Shermer said the entire coaching staff will remain intact. I'm hoping that Shermer comes back because he's just not gotten a fair shake with New York so far this year, and really even last year. And if you would ask me after week four, I would have told you Shermer's coming back next year because David Gettleman is all about improving. You know, they were 2-14 and 14, uh, a couple of years ago. They won five games last year. They were 2-2 two and two at one point this year. They still the Jets on the schedule, and I thought, oh, yeah, they're going to get to five wins. Easy. I'm not so sure they're going to get to five wins anymore. They're going to have to go three and three in the back half of the schedule to get to five and eleven and match last year's win total. I'm not sure they're going to do that. And if they did get to five six wins, I would think Shermer's pretty safe. I think there is some question. I don't think there should be, but I think there is some question whether he will come back next year. Yeah, I mean, as long as there's a little bit of progression, you know, Gettleman talked about having this vision when he traded Odell, and it's going to take some time. So I know he's committed to, you know, it's a long term. It's going to be a long term rebuild here. So um, I don't think he's going to make any drastic decisions at all. Um, and and so I I definitely see that. And I don't know if you're the Giants at this point. Do you even want to win any more games? <laughs> you know, I mean, to be honest with you, if I'm the the the, the GMs and and I'm like, do we even really want to win games at this point? Mm-hmm. We're not really going anywhere. You know, there's a, a, a nice draft. They got to get Daniel Jones some weapons. Um, you know, they got to give. It's it's still early in this rebuild process for for Giants fans. The reality is, it's going to take a few years. Um, and you get you got to trust Gettleman. And I just feel like Gettleman's not in a rush. I don't think he's he's like next year has to be the year we turn this around. Mm-hmm. He knows it's going to you know to you got to start from the bottom and slowly build this thing. Um, he got his quarterback. Um, obviously Saquon's there, and, and it's going to take some time. So I don't think he's he's really in a rush, or is you know really feels like he needs to make a decision right now. Let's flip it to a coach in that division who should be gone, but I'm not confident that he will be. That being Jason Garrett of the Dallas Cowboys. If Dallas is going to have any run into the postseason, this would be the year to do it. This is as good of a Cowboys team as we're going to see in a long time because you've got so many contracts up the following season. I did a very unofficial poll last night on Twitter. Which of these coaches will last longer at their current position? 74% said Jim Harbaugh will outlast Jason Garrett with 26%. What do you think of that? I feel like Jason Garrett, This is, he, it's the end of the road after this year. Um, obviously, he, Jared Jones isn't really trying to give him um, a long-term deal. He hasn't really done anything with that. Um, I don't feel like the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's really? just me. I, they're too inconsistent. You know, they lost to the Jets. Um, if it's not one thing, it's the other with the Cowboys. They don't have really have one weakness. One, Their defense can look like a top-ten exactly. defense, mm-hmm. and then they could fall apart for three weeks. Dak could look really good, and then he could, like the Green Bay game, start throwing some random interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke hasn't looked really good. So you, you just never know what it's going to be. But something is going to fail for this team. Um, I just feel like the Cowboys are in one of those positions where, you know, Jason Garrett as a head coach kind of has just run its course. His voice has just become monotone. I don't think the players are really reacting to it, um, to his mess message to to his vision um i think it would do the cowboys right to get a new voice in there a new vision you know switch things up a little bit kind of like what green bay went through with mike mccarthy at one point it was just it, it was boring it got boring it, you know the the players weren't kind of reacting um you know the process was just was kind of played out and i feel like that's kind of similar where dallas is. i think dallas needs a new voice in there and i think the team would would re- you know react to that i think i think sometimes you just need a new voice and a change and and it's it it would do the team good and i just feel like that's where dallas is at i just feel like with jason garrett i don't see them really doing anything i don't Mm -hmm. take the cowboys seriously i don't know i think you hit the nail exactly on the head when you're telling somebody find me a weakness in the cowboys personnel the group that they're putting out on the field where's their weakness they've got maybe the best running back in football you know he struggled this year but we know what zeke is made of a future hall of famer at tight end you've got an elite offensive line a really good receiving core headline by amari cooper Dak, i know we kind of harp on him but mostly that comes from you know demanding 40 million dollars a year he's not a bad quarterback he's a middle of the road quarterback generally with his good days like he had a really good game against minnesota on sunday night and they have an elite defense There's really no holes player-wise on that roster. Jason Garrett is the hole. Jason Garrett is why the Cowboys are not winning with that talent. 
Yeah, I mean, and it, it's tough to say, but you know, Dak has his games. You know, he's he throws for so many yards. He's top in the league. You know, in, in QBR and things like that. He's looked pretty nice. I mean, if you have the best offensive line in football and thing, and one of the best running backs in football, you think any quarterback would go in and look pretty decent. But um, yeah, I mean, at some point, it's like, is it really the players on the field? You know. People are saying they're the, the most talented roster in all of football. You got stars at so all these great positions you want to have stars in, and, and it's just not coming together like they wanted. It's not consistent. The players don't seem to have that fire that they even had last year. Um, of course, we still have a lot of season left. It could turn around, but um, I think the best thing that might happen to the Cowboys is, is they kind of underachieve this year, and they have a reason to let him go and, and just get someone new in there, man. I'm, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I loved Mike McCarthy, but at the end of his tenure, it was it was just like, it's time. I yeah. mean, it's time. It's just like a relationship that runs its, its course. You know, I think it's just there for the Cowboys, or it's getting there. You can ask any Cowboy fan, and they'll they'll say, obviously, they don't want to see him going, but it, it might be just time. Mm. It might just be time. Well, I felt the same way about Dan Bilesmo when he was a Pittsburgh Penguin. You know, I feel that way about a lot of the former coaches of my favorite team. I like those guys, including one who's coming up in the next segment, next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along this Thursday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Jacob deGrom and Justin Verlander have each been named the recipient of the Cy Young in their respective leagues. The University of Memphis has declared freshman basketball player James Wiseman ineligible after Wiseman dropped his lawsuit against a school in the NCAA. And finally, last night, Houston Rockets guard Austin Rivers successfully advocated for his father, Doc, head coach of the opposing L.A. Clippers, to be assessed a technical foul. The elder uh, Rivers was subsequently ejected from the game. He got his own dad ejected from the game last night. Then he went to Twitter and said, Thanksgiving's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, that was that was pretty interesting. That was hilarious. I loved every moment of it. Um, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I almost want to feel like Doc, you knew Doc could, could see him, and, <laughs> and it, it almost was like theatrical a little bit. He's like, now, now i got to get thrown out. You know, this is hilarious. Um, I think it was just funny. I mean, obviously a little bit of um, family, you know, back and forth there. Um, obviously, Austin was was coached by by his father for a long time in in, in L.A. So um, I just thought that was interesting, the family dynamic there and things like that. And and if you had a shot to do that to your dad, I mean, any no, any anybody would do, would do that. You know, and do it on a national stage in front of all those cameras, um, just kind of dogging on your your pops. I think it was just it was a funny moment. Hey, and especially if my father ever traded me for Marcin Gortat, I would absolutely take the chance to get him kicked. We're starting getting criticism. <laughs> like Austin. Over- How's Austin Rivers still on this team? You know, at, at some point, he got a big son. I, I got, I got to let you go. Oh, but they're, they're Marcin getting... Gortat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Looking at it now, and not great, but it's it's, funny. it's even better with the radio call from last night. Rockets. Doc Rivers is just about on his way out of here, and Austin Rivers wants him to get thrown out of the game. Austin Rivers is asking for his dad to be ejected. That's because he's on the Rockets side of the court trying to get a word <laughs> with the officials. Austin Rivers wants his dad to be tossed. He looks like he wanted. Yeah, there you out. go. He wanted. He wanted out of here. He just. He just got thrown out of the game. Austin Rivers teeing up his old man. Now he's waving him off. And now he got tossed. And tell him to get out of here. Tell him I'll call you later. <laughs> he's telling him I'm going to call you later. Give him the phone sign. That's incredible. That was fun. That's. Already my favorite moment of the NBA season so far. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of good moments so far in the NBA it's so early on in the season. But, um, you know, just, just because it, it's father-son, you know, it's, it's you know, playful, you know, it's, it's just funny. It's something they can look back on and be like, that, that was hilarious. It was just great. It just lined up, you know. It just lined up perfectly. I would love to see Thanksgiving dinner at the Rivers' house this year, though. I mean, it would be fun. It would be fun. It would be Tell fun. Tell about that moment. They would laugh about it. Doc is a really, you know, he seems like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. He seems like a guy you'd, you'd be able to make fun of, and, mm-hmm. and he won't take him, he doesn't take himself too seriously. So um, I just think that, yeah, that's funny. No, I'm a Celtics guy, so I still love Doc Rivers. Still owe a lot to Doc Rivers. Yeah, I'm a huge Doc Rivers fan, too. I think he's a, he's a solid 
solid head coach. Obviously, an NBA championship winner. So. Um, good for him. And he's having a good year with the Clippers. They look like they could very well contend for another NBA championship. But it's his old team, the Celtics, that right now have the best record in the NBA, which I'm absolutely exhilarated about. And this old Kemba for Kyrie thinks working out pretty good. Um, I, you know, I, I said it before, I think Kyrie's a better basketball player, but it was the antics off the court that mm-hmm. really kind of shook up the chemistry in the, in the locker room and and that's why the Celtics had a down year but now Kemba's coming in you know he's not as loud he he's not as opinionated um I don't think they lose that much I mean Kemba's not as good as Kyrie in my eyes but um, he's averaging what 25 a game mm-hmm. um these young guys they I feel like they're playing a lot more free um I think when Kyrie was in there they were kind of afraid to step on toes and things like that, and Kyrie was a little bit more ball-dominant. But you see Jason Tatum stepping up again like he looked like two years ago. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, Jay, you know, yeah, Jalen Brown, you know, he's he's playing a little bit better. He's coming off that extension and things like that. So those two young guys are looking like they looked two years ago. Last year, you're kind of like, what happened to these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like it was Kyrie, his, his antics. Um, I don't think he's a, a great leader. I don't think Kyrie's a great leader. I, I do think Kemba's a, a lot more of a leader. You saw it in Charlotte. You know, players loved him, mm-hmm. and he was playing with a, a worse cast, and he and he was actually making that team relevant. So um, I just feel like the chemistry's there, you know, and, and that's huge. I think they're having fun playing basketball again. You know, there's not so much negative media attention and things like that, and, and you just got guys stepping up and playing good. So uh, shout-out to the Celtics. Obviously, a good start to the season. Well, and Gordon Hayward, he had a career high a couple of weeks ago. He's out for the next six weeks with a broken hand. Uh, Chris Middleton out for the same amount of time, and Steph Curry's going to be out six months with the same injury, so take that for what you will. I feel like the Warriors are in a really good spot right now. I know, you know, obviously they're not going to be um, in the running for an NBA championship, but can you imagine them getting Steph Curry back, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green's there, and then like a number one overall pick? Mm-hmm. Could be Wiseman, you know, bringing a center in, an athletic center and things like that. I feel like they're setting themselves up for maybe another run of of being in the running for a championship for for several more years oh, just what we need that's what the nba wants to see right the I clippers mean, back to nba <laughs> championship contention i mean excuse me the warriors yeah i mean i see it it's it's, it's lining up perfectly for them um and then this year now you got d'angelo russell leading a group of young guys who are going to develop that much faster because now they're getting all of this playing time so now their role players will have much more experience and things like that and and things like in you know they're playing more time than they probably would have thought they would so um I mean, it's just lining up to make the Warriors back to relevancy really quickly. You look at the NBA and how it's worked out here early on. I don't think a lot of people saw the Celtics being atop the uh, NBA's Eastern Conference standings, or the NBA overall for that matter. I don't think a lot of people saw Toronto being 8-3 and three to start the year. Miami at 7-3, and three, I don't think a lot of people saw that. Or Milwaukee and Philadelphia being the 4-5 and five seed. The Pacers, yeah, I guess we all kind of thought maybe they'd be about where they are right now. But... The Nets are four and five with Kyrie Irving. You subtract D'Angelo Russell, add Kyrie Irving. You should be better, shouldn't you? And I mean, Kyrie has been outstanding for that team. He's scoring, I think, about thirty points a game. Yet the Nets aren't as good with Kyrie. I mean, he, you know, he he's ball dominant. Um, the ball's not getting moved around as much. Um, you know, teams are basically saying, it, "Let Kyrie get his," and you know, we can we can work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes to show he's he's without LeBron, it's tough to play with the guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's interesting to see. It. Maybe you see Brooklyn kind of becoming what Boston was with Kyrie on the court. I mean, he just kind of comes in and, and ruins chemistry and things like that. It's going to be way different when obviously Durant comes back mm-hmm. on the floor and, and then you got that alpha player. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, Toronto is is one of the bigger stories for me because it's like all right. I gave Kawhi, maybe I gave Kawhi way too much credit, mm-hmm. but he was playing with a really good team. Yeah, he was. A really good team, and, and a team that really grew up right before our eyes last season. So Siakam's looking like a beast. Van, Van Fleet uh, looking really good, too. So I think they've been the biggest surprise. It's still a lot of season left and things like that. So um, I wasn't a huge Jimmy Butler fan. I still am not. But going down there, I think they nailed it with that Her- Tyler Harrow pick. Mm-hmm. Hero, Harrow. Um, and, you know, I think that none coming out of nowhere has really helped them so yeah that they're definitely a surprise um the the east is wide open I well mean, it's wide open. and you look at it who's in the eighth seed right now cleveland 
the Cavaliers, if the season ended today, would go to the postseason. Got to give John Beeline some credit. <laughs> Put some respect, Put some on, respect on that name. Yeah. And, and like Toronto to touch on that point, maybe there is something to Nick Nurse. Maybe he knows a little thing or two about coaching. It wasn't just Kawhi. Nick plus uh, Nate Bjorkren, friend of the show, mm-hmm. maybe they know a little something about coaching the NBA. I think they do. I mean, even with Kawhi on the team, it takes a lot to win an NBA championship, and I know they got a little bit lucky with some injuries to their opponents and things like that, but um, the fact that Kyle Lowry and company and, and Siakam and, and, and guys like that were able to go and, and realize what it takes, I think um, they came back more mature players, um, a lot more experience and things like that. I think their confidence is at an all-time high. They're just playing. I mean, they just came off a national cha- or national cha- NBA championship. You got your confidence has to be at an all-time high. They still think they they have a shot to to defend that championship. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're right there. They're right there. How about out west? You've got the Lakers on top. They're at nine and two. The Lakers and the Celtics have the two best records in the NBA, as it should be. I like that when the Celtics and the Lakers are both. You know, have a chance at meeting in the finals. I yeah, like that. We're, we're back aligned to where it should be, right? <laughs> the stars um, are aligned again. Um, I mean, definitely the Lakers are looking very, very good right now. Dwight Howard, the resurgence of Dwight Howard, I think, is the story line of that team right now. He's just coming in and, and just beasting on people. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks he looks like he has energy again. Um, you know, he looks like he's having fun playing. Um, JaVale McGee, I mean, I was watching the game last night, and I was just like, man, this guy's a beast. He he doesn't even have to jump to dunk the ball. I mean, he all he has to do is, you know, do his little hook shots and things. It's really hard to stop. So, you know, I'm I'm worried about LeBron burning out. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's not really doing any load management or anything like that, like a Kawhi Leonard. But um, they're they're playing really well. That that team's so deep. I'm I'm very interested to see how how things turn out there. The Phoenix Suns are one of my more favorite teams that? to watch. Yeah. Devin Booker is one of my favorite players in the whole NBA. Kelly Oubre is there. Aaron Baines is having a career year across the board. Um, you know, that's a team that's been in the cellar for a long time. It's good to see them kind of stepping up. It's going to be interesting to see Paul George coming back to the Clippers and how that dynamic works and, and uh, what they're going to do with him and things like that. So um, I don't know why, but I've been watching so much more NBA than I usually do. I think it's just because there's so much more parity now mm-hmm. and I'm more interested in, and, you know, players have moved around and things like that. But the NBA is really, really fun to watch right now. Whose hot start is more surprising to you, the Suns and where they are, or Minnesota at 7-4? and four? They're the sixth seed right now. I would have to say the Suns, but Minnesota, I mean, um, they're looking really, really good. Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's coming back with a little bit of an edge. I think, you know, he's ready to kind of take that next step and, and things like that. Andrew Wiggins has been playing good. He might be figuring it out. Yeah, I know. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, how we felt he was disappointing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's looking like he's been playing you know he's obviously playing really good basketball but um you know we're gonna have to see where that where that team goes i got a anthony wiggins stat for you since coming back from his suspension carl anthony towns that suspension with the 76ers a few weeks ago carl anthony towns is averaging 24 points 13 rebounds five assists and two blocks a game in that same span anthony wiggins is averaging 31 5 and 6 on 52 percent shooting that's insane. That is pretty darn good. That's Anthony insane. Wiggins is figuring it out. You know, Wiggins, uh, you knew he had all the tools in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. He came in, he was hyper-athletic, um, could jump out the gym, um, he could really could be a really hot shooter and things like that. And I think he's just finally putting it together. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's a very versatile big man. Big man when he played at Kentucky, he can step outside, he can shoot, he's a big body. Um, he's not backing down to anybody. We saw him get in a couple fights already this year. I like to see it. Um, you know, so I think they're just playing at their potential. I think they're having fun. It's a younger team. Um, Jimmy Butler's not on the team anymore. He's he's similar to Kyrie. I don't know what it is, but um, that's, he wears down his welcome. He's one of those type of personalities. He's not on the team anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing pretty well, too. That's a team. They're, it's another team in that Western Conference that's pretty solid across the board that they're going to be battling. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, has a new member entered the ranks of the elite as far as college football coaches go. I think there's one that you can make a strong case for, and I'll tell you who it is next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up with The Sports Pen podcast on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore, Google Play, 
or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along as we wind down this Thursday afternoon. Is there a new member of the college football coaching elite class? I tell you what, Jake, I got trivia for you. I love trivia questions. I hope you do too, because I'm going to give you one whether you like it or not. But over the last three seasons, there is one coach who has mathematically the toughest strength of schedule. He's coached against the toughest schedule. He has more wins against ranked teams than any other coach, and he has beaten more top 10 teams than any other coach in the last three years. you have any idea who that would be? No. It is not Dabo. It's not Saban. It's not Smart. And it's not Lincoln Riley. It is, in fact, Ed Orgeron mm. who has done that. Ed Orgeron, over the last three years, has coached against the toughest schedule of any coach in college football, and he has more top ten wins and more ranked wins. Ed Orgeron and his Tigers are rightfully the top-ranked team in the country, and they are looking every bit like they could contend for the national championship this year. I'm not ready to put him in the tier with Dabo and Saban. Not yet, even though he just outdueled Nick Saban and he did it by more than the score would indicate. He still needs to get that championship before he can get in that upper tier. But he's top five right now. Mm-hmm. The way I see it right now, it's Dabo and Saban because they have the rings. And then you've got Smart and you've got Lincoln Riley, guys that are elite coaches. They're always going to be in title contention, but they don't have a title yet. I think Ed Ordron is pretty comparable to guys like Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. and Kirby Smart right now. Yeah, I mean, he's he's leading one of the the you know more storied fran- or franchise uh, programs in all of the country. Um, he has the personality. I don't I don't know how you could sit in the locker room prior to a game listening to that guy give a pep talk and oh, not yeah. want to go run through a wall for him. Yeah, you want to um, play for that guy. You know he's motivational. Um, you know he's he's lovable. He has everything you want in a coach, and he's just done a he's just done a great job there. Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't there a time when he was just like an interim head coach? And yep, at they USC. Show, yeah, and 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 they chose Clay Helton over him. Well, that's why USC is where <laughs> USC is at. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just he just has it. He has it. Uh, the players react well to him. Um, they want to play for him. Um, you know, anytime you know he's talking to a recruit, you're probably just like mesmerized just because of, of this is the guy's voice. His and, voice, you know, it's just his voice. It, 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 he's very unique. He's mm-hmm. a unique personality, and um, you know that's what you need. Dabo Sweeney, he comes off as that lovable, like you know, younger, like yeah. energetic coach that you know wants to play music and, and mm-hmm. things like that and dance and things like that. That's his kind of stance. He's a genuine Southern gentleman. Exactly. You know, each play, you know, and then Nick Saban's obviously the guy who's just who's been there, done. That very he straightforward. He's like the Bill Belichick. You know, you, you just know if you go and play for him, you're going to be in contention. Mm-hmm. At Odron, just that that one guy who's you know, he just has that personality. Mm-hmm. He's just he, you can you can pick him out of of a group and and things like that. And and some guys have it. And sometimes you just need that it factor. And Ed Odron has that it factor. And he's leading the number one team in the country, and, and we could very well see him get that championship this year. Him and Mike Leach are like my two favorite coaches in college football. Those two are just awesome. Like, they're perfect sound bites. I like kind of weird personalities that turn into be successes. You know, they have success stories. Those two would definitely qualify. I don't know, I guess, if Ed Orgeron is weird. Mike Leach is weird, but... I don't know if Ed Orgeron is. No, he doesn't really say like too much crazy things. Right. It's just the way he sounds. Exactly, with that gravelly Bayou accent. Right. If you wanted to make a perfect college football coach, that's <laughs> what you want. So, um, yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I Like I always say, man, whether it's coaches, players, or anything like that, if you can stand up and give me a good soundbite and have some personality, I'm all for. Um, you know, you set Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron in, in the same room, and, and I'm a recruit. For me, anyways, personally, I'll probably lean towards Edero Drone just because of the, his personality and and things like that. So yeah, it's it, I think you could probably put him in that in that category. If he wins the national championship this year, do you put him in the tier with Saban and Dabo, guys who have had multiple championships, or does Ordron need at least one more? I, I feel like you probably should keep the the guys with with two, three, you know, in in their own class and then he would be right right mm-hmm. underneath but i don't see why he he can't win one or two or multiple i think he's in a really good position and um that program has so much momentum right now i think about these tiers of college football coaches and where we're at we know the top two right now we know the next three i'm not ready to put ryan day in any tier yet he's we just, one of the guys he just hasn't been there a full year yet 
I need to see more of him before I really get a true measurement on where he should be. But right now, he's given us no reason to think hey, he might win the national championship this year. Right, and I want to see him kind of bring his own guys in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously he was left with an amazing roster. Um, and he he's, was there for a long time. So, you know, obviously they didn't skip a beat or anything like that. Like that. But I want to see him bring some recruiting classes in and be more consistent. But I think he's, he's on his way. I mean... He's definitely right there. Poor Ryan Day. He's going to be without Chase Young this weekend against that vaulted juggernaut Rutgers offense. It's funny how that works out. Like, <laughs> oh, back in time for Penn yeah, State. Yeah, I was though. like, oh, one game. Who are they playing? I look. I'm like, Rutgers. <laughs> you know, they're probably like, oh, okay, we, we, we'll we let him sit out for one game. We're okay with winning by 30 yeah, instead of 50. Yeah, and we'll make sure he's back for Penn State and Michigan, and we're going to go do our thing, which we're probably going to win a national title. That's what I think. How about, and you know, we can keep going on with this, who is in that next tier of coaches? Guys who are good, above average, maybe, maybe great, not elite, not on the level of Smart, Riley, Orgeron, guys like that. That's where I think you put in guys like Tom Herman at Texas, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, mm. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. That's about where you put Chris Peterson at Washington could mm. be in there. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say Jim Harbaugh was clicking in my head. Just guys who, you know... The, they're going to do enough. They're going to be in contention. They'll have, you know, they'll be in the top 25. Will they win a, a national title? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of any other coaches that could be put in that category. I would say uh, Sparty's head coach. Okay, Mark D'Antonio. You know, even though they're having a really down year and he could potentially not be there. But mm-hmm. um, for the longest time, I, I had him and Jim Harbaugh kind of in that same class. It's because of consistent, you know, being consistent and winning. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's tough to I can't even think of it at the top off the top of my head. I wonder, do you put Paul Chris from Wisconsin in that category? Is he just one tier below? Because he's had good enough teams where I, I don't want to say that they should have had a college football playoff team by now, but they should have done more than what they've done the last few years. Yeah, you can put him in uh, Franklin. James uh, Franklin. James Franklin is another guy that you know has. Uh, just been a consistent winner and, and, and has kept a program afloat. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good coaches. I got a couple for you that I don't know where to put. I want to get your opinion on here in our final minute or so. Coaches who've won national championships this decade but haven't done anything lately. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M won it in 2013 when he was at Florida State and Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Yeah, um, you know, Jimbo Fisher is is a, a unique person because you know he kind of left florida state a little bit high and dry he got out when he knew things were about to turn Mm -hmm. um and will he win a national title at texas a&m i don't know it doesn't look like i don't don't think so they have him signed up for what 10 years Mm -hmm. um and things like that uh i still think jimbo is a a good coach he's a good personality and things like that um, I don't see him winning a national title. I think Gus Malzahn can win a, a title. Think so? Yeah, I think okay. so. I, right. I like Gus Malzahn. I like I like his program and things. Maybe not this year, but not this they year. could with Bo Nix? Maybe. Maybe. They could. Dan Mullen, I still don't know where to put. Nah. I really don't. I know we're starting to get to... I what, just about, what about PJ Fleck? Is he coming up? I'm not ready to rank him anywhere yet. I, he's He's on the right track. But I still want to see a little more PJ Fleck. Yeah, but I, I like PJ Fleck. I do though. too. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing. He's, he's I need the, to see a little more of it though. Yeah, he's got the motto. I feel like every coach has their motto. The boat. You know, has their culture they're trying to set. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys where I'm just like, maybe you know, he can move on from Minnesota. Should go to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> exits. You know what I mean? I would say come to Notre Dame, but I'm still holding out hope they get Bob Stoops. Yeah. That is it for us. I tell you what, we're out of time. Just a little over it. Appreciate you being here, my man. What's coming up at local three? Local 3, Local 3, we got uh, high school volleyball regional finals coming up tonight. Um, obviously, high school football, we're down to like the final four teams um, in the UP. That's coming. Up, that's going to be Saturday, so we'll look at that. And amused in full force, Michigan Tech Sports, Athletics. Uh, and like you said, you know, you got your high school basketball show coming up. We're gearing up to do some team previews and things like that. So um, just kind of going through it, man, trying to get things done. Check out Local 3. That's it for us here in the Sports Pen. Back on tomorrow's same time and place. It's my hope you join me. Until then, signing off from ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishbaming Marquette, here's Will Kane.